0: And this project was to translate the Bible to other languages. I don't know if you know that, but there are a lot of languages that don't have the Bible. In Brazil, we have more than 300 languages, native languages, They don't have the Bible in Brazil. So I heard about that, and I heard there's a project with teenagers. Too. So I, the project was I was studying in Spanish, so I did my high school in Bolivia, as part of the project, so I would learn in Spanish. Then I would take some Greeks and, and all these difficult letters to translate the Bible to some languages. And I did that. I did my high school in Bolivia, so I speak Spanish as well. And the project didn't go that well because of, I mean, that's what I'm talking, one point I'm talking about, God... And he likes things perfectly. So he likes to plan things. So when you do something, maybe it's from God, but it failures because of lack of good administration or good project. So God likes it. And God is on uh, managing and administration as well. So because of bad management, the project didn't go well. So I need to leave and go back to Brazil when I was 18 years old. And I tried to do college didn't work that well at the time don't do that kids <laughs> so so and when I was 20 years old I met my wife in Brazil and we got married and we had kids you know my wife uh, you always will know her she always the most beautiful woman in the room so don't it's not gonna be a problem find her so so it uh, we got married and we moved to United States when it was 2018. I think it was December 2018, and that's how when I sp- I learned English in Brazil. But that's how I want to start speaking English as my daily routine. So that's why I'm a little nervous. This is the first time that I'm trying to get my thoughts in Portuguese from God and communicate in English. <laughs> so if you are. If you are some grammar geek, I know there are people watching that they like grammar. People that taught me English. So if I make some mistakes, let it go. (laughs) Pay attention to the message. Please. (laughs) Okay? So I want to pray. And I really think this is from God. I heard people praying about that in the encounter. And I was really thinking about that day and night. And I had some people that I follow, some pastors from Brazil. They were talking the same thing that I was feeling. And I always have a saying that if the message is from God, you will feel uncomfortable. So at the end of this message, I wish that you feel uncomfortable. Because if you feel uncomfortable, it will make you go to God. And God, what do I do with that? So, if when our nature meets the nature of God, our nature will lose. And we will feel uncomfortable. Because it hurts when we meet God. It hurts our self, self, whatever. It hurts ourselves. Because our nature meets the nature of God. And that is good. So, I hope, I wish that you feel uncomfortable. And I really pray that if there's something to say that I didn't put it here that God brings to my memory, and if there's something that I don't need to say that is here, God makes me forgive. Amen? So the first point that I'm on, uh, I want to make is that God has a plan since the beginning. Since Genesis, God created everything, and He had a plan. And He's faithful. He will fulfill His plan. Whatever you do, whatever happen, He will fulfill His plan. So that's the first stepping stone that we're gonna have. We're gonna understand that God has a plan since the beginning and He will fulfill His plan. He started using Israel. I don't know you, but when I read the Bible, like with Abraham and the Israel, I like, oh my god, they mess up. I mean, why? Why does it happen? But when if you step outside and you take a look at ch- us now at church, you kind of think, eh, we messed up too. <laughs> so we're not doing a better job than Israel did. Okay? <laughs> Just to make that clear. So we need to pray so Israel can come back to God and we can come back to God together. So we have the pleasure to be part of God's plan. Okay? So He will fulfill His plan. He doesn't let anything unfinished. So He created you you important. He has a plan for you. This is very unclear because I'm not sure how to say he has a plan for you. I always heard that all my life. He has a plan. You're important. He has a plan for you. And one day I was upset. Okay, God, what is the plan? I mean, I'm 30 years old and I don't know the plan yet. I don't know the whole plan. How, how does am I going to teach my kids that God has a plan for them? Because if I don't know the whole plan for my life. But he has a plan. And you're knowing you're not. You want it or not, you're going to fulfill, he's going to fulfill his plan in your life and the earth. So, the first verse that I want to read is going to be Genesis 22, 17 to 19. Oh, yeah. So, it's one of the, I wanted to point out some of the God's plan. So, this is one of the God's plan. I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the star in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through you offspring all nations on earth will be blessed. So one of the God's plans is to bless you, to bless all nations, okay? And he will do that. He did that with Jesus, and he will do that when his kingdom comes. Okay? And second, second third, third, second, part of his plan is that he has a kingdom. When he taught us how to pray, the prayer is, your kingdom come, you will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he has a kingdom on earth, in heaven, and he wants to bring this kingdom to earth. He chose you and me, I don't know why, doesn't look like a good plan but he chose you and me to be part of this plan and bring this kingdom to heaven if i was god i wouldn't choose me but okay god knows everything and he will take care of everything we like it or not so we have that he has a kingdom in he heaven he wants to bring his kingdom to earth and he chose you to share his kingdom so he will share his kingdom with us because we are in jesus so we, we we with god as a king i understand me we're not taking god's place but he chose to share his kingdom that is in earth, in heaven and he will bring to earth and he will share with us that's amazing and what that's one point of the message if we understand that our lives is going to be different, are going to be different because we will stop worrying about so many things because we understand that we will God will share his kingdom with us. Okay? So I want to read John 14:12 to 14 Yeah, John fourteen twelve to 14. It's like that. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Uh, that's amazing, right? But let's be honest. It's really difficult to see that happen. <laughs> yeah, Let's be honest. I mean, I don't know. I We see this happening. Sometimes we pray for healing, and healing happens. But it doesn't look like a lifestyle. And he's talking here about a lifestyle. I look at the disciples at the beginning. And it doesn't look like we're living like that. I I saw some amazing things happening in my life as a Christian and miracles and etc. And it's not, it's not, doesn't happen that often anymore. And I don't know why. And it's and, and kind of frustrating because he says it's a promise that we will do it. So kids, I want to talk to you. The gospel that we're living today is not the whole gospel. The coldness that we live in today is not the whole gospel. We have hope when you look at the Bible, when we have our first love, when miracles happen and we were excited. I remember when I was 13, 12 years old, I saw a homeless going home. We passed through a homeless. I couldn't sleep at night. I was like upset. I was like, and I, and I remember I was praying, God, I want to feel what you feel and what a terrible prayer because I couldn't sleep. And I was like, oh my God, I'm feeling what Jesus is feeling about these people. And I couldn't sleep and I was crying. I remember my parents going to my bedroom. Everything's okay. And I, yeah, but I, we saw the homeless up there. And we pray and, I, and nothing happened. Who will be there tomorrow? What is happening? This, this is not the Bible says. So the gospel that we're living is not the whole gospel. There is more, there is more power. There's more, there's more to it than while we're living. And if you didn't experience that yet, we can look at the Bible. Jesus is the whole gospel, and He is inside us. And we can have hope of His kingdom. It will come, and we will live the whole gospel, the whole message, because He's on us. And we will miss that. We will miss that because Jesus is on us. Even if we're cold, even if it's not the whole gospel. We can hope that He will come. We can hope that like Solomon, the kingdom, Solomon, the Kingdom of Solomon, it was part, it's like a demonstration of the kingdom of God on earth. Because we read in the Bible, we can have this hope. God gives in the Bible some message, some tips of what his kingdom will be, and we can have hope, so that we can have hope. Amen. So Matthew twenty four twelve and thirteen. And this is a question this answered the question that I made. That why does it look we don't have authority today? Why doesn't look that we're not living where we read that we we'll, everything that we ask we will be done? And it says here because of the increase of God. is, and because long is will abound, the love of many will grow cold. That word is really difficult. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. So the answer of that is because our love is growing cold. Okay? Uh, so why? Why doesn't it happen? Our love is growing cold. My love is growing cold. I know that. I know that because I lived more than I'm living now in the Christ. I live in more the gospel than I'm living now. And I wanted to share this with you because I don't have the whole answer how to go back. I I, I, I don't know. And everything is from God. And I can't produce the first law. I, I can I can make the first love to happen. You can make me talking to you right now will not make can you come back to the first love. Only God can do that. And I, I don't know. And I'm telling you that I, I I was thinking about that. And I we need to talk to everybody that I pray together as a church. George Jesus, I repent. And I want to go back to the first love. I repent because we got so distracted with our lives. Never, never Jesus say that you're not going to live your life. Jesus never says that life will happen. Life life will happen to you. Life will happen to the church. We are here because of that. Jesus came because of that. Jesus died. Life happened to Jesus. (laughs) So Jesus died. So that's not the point. And you can get upset. You can ask, like Andy said, you can ask why. And this is part of the answer. Because our love go cold. And I don't, ha- don't have a solution for that. And I'm sa- talking to you. Let's pray together. How can we go back to the first love? How can we go back? Jesus, I repent. I understand that I'm not living what you planned. I'm not. You didn't die on the cross. So I could live this life that I'm living now. You didn't die on the cross, so the church, I'm not saying Maranatha, but the church as a whole, lives the life that the church is living now. Do you agree with that? I mean, everybody agrees with that. If you look at the gospel that we're living, it doesn't look like all the power, all the things that we see in the Bible, it doesn't look like that. It doesn't look like we're living, that it, 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 it's almost kind, it's a waste, <laughs> it's a waste of power. I mean, the, char- the church is sick. And we're okay with that. We're happy. It's like we're sick. Sometimes we open our eyes and we're happy. Oh, thank God we open our eyes. But that's not the whole plan. The whole plan is that we can live, we can stand up, and we can con- conquer the earth. Amen? So I want to give three characteristics of the first love so we can agree and understand that and now I may get emotional and I may get loud a little bit, it's the Latino on me the Brazilian on me, I don't like not loud either but but sometimes we get emotional Brazilians and we get loud so you, you're, you're good if you want to me, turn me down <laughs> My wife will say like that, and I okay. So, the first characteristic of the first love is that we miss Jesus. It's what I talked about. We're gonna miss Jesus. Remember the hope that we're talking about? We're gonna miss that, even if you don't leave it. I mean, I don't know if you feel that, but I kind of miss David Kingdon. There's nothing to do because when you read in the Bible and, and, and you have hope that will, this power, this kingdom will come back and you'll miss Jesus. So, Revelation 2, 1 to 4 talks about that. To the angel of the church in Ephesus right? Ephesus or Ephesus? Ephesus, okay. These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven gold lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. So this is a good church, okay? Hard work, perseverance. God is talking to them. Oh, you did a good job. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people. Good things. That you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not. They didn't fail for the lies of the false apostles. So they knew the truth. They're good people. And have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name. They were persecuted in God's name. And have not grown weary. Yet I hold these against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. This is serious. This is serious. God doesn't care. Okay, I'm going to rephrase that. He cares. God God is not interested in your good actions. He's not interested. He's not interested in your business in the church. We think that we need to be busy. We need to... Do things. We need to do that. And we need to help people. And we need to help that one. And we need to do that. And uh, They were a good church. They did everything right. But they have forsaken the first love. So God is interested in your heart. When I got married, in our marriage, the person who was speaking, he said something to me. And he said, not, you're never going to satisfy your wife. Never. You can try, 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 and you're never going to do it. But that doesn't mean that we'll, you will stop trying. <laughs> so you, we will do. I'm not saying that what you do is wrong or is bad, that we need to stop everything. Don't. Don't stop anything. But we need to take a look at that. We need to go back to the first love And all the things that we'll do will flow. We will help people. We will be busy with our lives at church. But that's not what pleases God. Do you understand what I mean? That's not what pleases God. What pleases God is your heart. It's your life. Okay? Because he will share everything with you. He will do everything you ask for. But when you are willing to give it back to him. So he will do everything to you so you can give everything back to him. So he will give your life. You will be born. He will give you Jesus. But what he wants, he wants your life back. He wants you to give your life back to him. And we, when we understand that, our lives change completely. Look at Joseph. Joseph was in prison. In Egypt, and he never said, my brothers brought me here. He said, God brought me here. I'm here because of God. This is, he understood that his life is from Jesus. You will be starting to get, stopping getting upset with each other. Because when something does something wrong with me, it's not his fault, it's God's fault. If you want to blame someone, blame God. You're the one that one day gives your life back to him. If you gave your back your life back to Jesus, it's not anybody, anyone. They don't have the power over you. Only Jesus. So if something happened to you, if you want to blame someone, blame Jesus and blame you because you're the one who gave it back to Him. (laughs) So when you understand that politics, if we have whatever it is, doesn't make sense. COVID. It's not going to have power over you. Because your life doesn't belong to fear. Belong to God. Do you understand that? Do you do, do follow me? Yes? Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah. And second, so we miss Jesus. We're going to miss the first love. We're going to miss the first love. If you're not clear what I'm talking about. If you maybe... Oh, I don't know what first love means. I never had this hotness in my heart to follow, to read the Bible, and etc. We're going to miss anyway. And you can pray, God, I wanted to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I wanted to be baptized. I wanted to give back back my life to you because I want to miss you. We're going to miss him with all our strengths. So, the second characteristic of the first love, we wait for Him for His judgment. We wait for Him to come. So, Revelation 14, 6 and 7. Yeah. Then I saw another angel flying in mid air, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth. So, we're talking here about the eternal gospel. To every nation, tribe, language and people, he said in loud voice, Jesus loves you and Jesus will come and die for you so you can have a good life. That's what he said? No, he said what? Fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. Whoa, how is that good news? How is that gospel, when you talk about gospel, gospel means good news. How, how is that good news? I mean, you won the lottery. The king of all kings will come and judge you. Oh. <laughs> that, I'm terrified of thinking about that. But if you have Jesus in you, Jesus will be judged in your place. And he's holy. So we wait for his judgment. If you are in Jesus' side, you will wait for his judgment. But if you're not, you're going to be fearful. It's going to be a problem. <laughs> so we, it, it can be difficult. I don't understand this part of the message completely. But we will wait for his judgment. So, and this is a characteristic of the first love. Because when we have the first love, we will pray. The daughter of Dr. James prayed in the encounter once at the barn. And she prayed, Jesus, come. And I was like, we need to pray like that every day. I mean, that's our hope. We want him to come. We want him to judge us, to judge the nations. And we got so, again, we got so distracted with the message that the church He's preaching right now that you're important. Don't get me wrong. That's a good message. We need to know that. But it's not the whole message. We forgot that the whole message that he is king and you're important. He will make everything for you. But the end is not you. The end, the goal is Jesus. So you're important. It's not because of you. It's because of Jesus. Amen? And I want to read very fast. First Peter four seventeen. For the time for judgment to begin with God's household. Uh-oh. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Okay? I don't have a lot to say about that. It says everything that needs to be said. So the judgment will begin with us. Okay? And last part of this second characteristic is Zacharias, where am I? Zacharias 7 5 to 6. Yes, this is important. Ask all the people of the land and the priests when you fasted and mourned in the 50 and 70 months for the past 70 years. Was it really for me that you fasted? And when you were eating and drinking, were it not just feasting for yourselves? So Israel were fasting and mourning for 70 years. So the temple could be restored, and they could bring the ark in 17 years. And at the end, when God says, was really for me that you did all this? Everything that we're doing right now was really to God, I mean for God, it's because of God, or it's for us. So we can feel better, and we could feel better about ourselves. And we go to church every Sunday, and we have our services, and we help some people and that's it. And at the end, God will tell us, it "Was really for me that you did everything." So I'm not I'm not saying that so we can be terrifying and 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 with fear and you know, fear them. But I'm saying that to encourage us to go back to Jesus and ask Jesus, Jesus, what do I do? What is the next step? There is more to the gospel that we're living. Than that, what we're living right now. There's more. There's more power. There's more intimacy with God. There's more intimacy with Jesus than what we are having. And I want to tell you okay, let's have a step back and ask God, what is next? What do I do now? God, I don't want to waste my life that you plan everything and you die for me and waste my life being busy so at the end, was really for God. Again, don't stop anything. God cares about your award When you say something, it's Jesus saying, so if you make a commitment to do something, do it. God cares about that. But start praying, God, I want you, I want you to be part of what I'm doing. And thinking about that, and everything we do, because do we really have time for God? Do we really have time to, for God in our, in our schedule? I'm already in, in the third step, the third characteristic that we stop everything when we feel God. So if you have the first love, one of the characteristics love, you stop everything. I'm not into art at all. I, it's really difficult for me to find music beautiful. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> to find <laughs> to find <laughs> to find some drawings beautiful. I I I mean it's like yeah I can see that it's okay. <laughs> but but I remember one day I don't remember go, if was going to work or going to school. But I remember that was crossing a street, in the middle of the city, like I, I was in São Paulo, so it's like New York, like a big city. And there was this tree. And there were birds singing. And I stopped. And I felt Jesus in it. And I stopped everything. Jesus didn't stop time. I was late. (laughs) But but I stopped everything. I stopped everything. Because I felt Jesus. And we have everything so scheduled. That... Sometimes we don't have time to feel Jesus. I'm gonna say something here. It's not it's not about this church, it's the whole church, it's the culture that we living in. And again, it's important. Planning is important. God does that. If you read in Leviticus, when God tells Moses how to build everything, he's really perfectionist, like seven stuff and seven curtains, and seven whatever. And he actually says to Moses, okay. I'm so perfect since that what I'm asking you to do, nobody knows how to do it. So you're gonna bring this, 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 and this one to me, and I will teach them how to build it. Okay? So God cares it about it. But sometimes I was here in our service and I felt God and suddenly stopped. Because we need to finish the service, because we need to go back to have lunch with our family, and we're not sensitive anymore. With God's presence. The encounter was a brilliant idea. Because you got tired. It's a lot of time. And you don't have anywhere to go. So you have the opportunity to feel Jesus. Because you got tired. Because you're kind. Of Jesus. Okay I'm tired. I not you stop. I think I'm going home. And you feel Jesus. And you stop everything. The Holy Spirit is here. I'm not, I'm not saying that organizing and planning everything is bad. I'm saying that we need to ask God as a church, not only Maranatha, but as a church, so when we feel that God may be there, we stop everything. So, okay, I'm going to give you an example. I don't like Brian that much, but that prayer that he did, maybe there's God there, and we stop everything. Because This relationship doesn't care, doesn't matter when God, when the Holy Spirit is in this room. Because he gave his life to Jesus. I gave my life to Jesus. And both of us, what we care about is Jesus. Right? So we will stop everything when we feel Jesus. And to finish... I'm just gonna finish saying, uh, reading a verse that doesn't, it's, you can put on the screen, it's Philippians 4 10 and 13. So it's, it's just to clarify that I don't have the answer. It's not clear to me how we're gonna stop everything and look at Jesus and stop looking at ourselves. And we will continue living our lives. Life will still continue to happen. We still need to pay everything that we our bills and need to pay our mortgages. And but I want us together to be conscious that there is more of the gospel that we're living with and how we can pray together to bring Jesus to our lives and now bring our lives to Jesus. Bring Jesus to our lives. So we could do everything because we have Jesus in our life. Not only because we need to be busy. I think that's what I mean. And so we can ask God not to love earth, but love his kingdom. You can ask God, God, please, I don't want to love his world. I remember when I met Jesus when I, when I was baptized. One thing that I prayed I was like, God, I'm not perfect. I will probably will forget everything that is happening right now. Okay, I got it. My time is up. <laughs> so I will forget this. But remember me, the pact that we're doing today. Remember me. When I forget, please remember me what we're doing here. I'm giving my life to you. So when I'm trying to get my life back, remember me, what we're doing here today. And we can pray that together as this church, as this community, to pray and go back to Jesus. So Philippians 4, 10, 10 I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last renew, you renew your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to... Sh- Okay. I'm not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. So, we can do everything in Jesus. We can know how to have plenty, and we can know how to not have plenty. Because this doesn't matter. Because we are in him. Our lives, we give it back, we give our lives to him. So he will take care of it. He, Jesus died on the cross because he has a plan for you. And he's faithful. He will fulfill his plan, whether you like it or not. So, so, it, it, it's a point that I want to, us to be together, getting back to Jesus and ask Jesus, there is more. Jesus died on the cross. So we could live more than what we are living in. There is more power in Jesus' name than what we are living in. And I think that's it.
1: (laughs) Amen. Amen. I can't imagine a better way to close this message than for us to take communion together. As a symbol of a, a you know, God, the, the Bible says that you know it's revealing this is love. Now that we love God, but that God loved us, and Jesus' death on the cross just reveals that love and to what length He's willing to go to 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 love us, give everything, and also it reminds us of that He is our first love, and that as he's calling us there is more we drink this and we eat this we drink his blood and we eat his his body a sign of him as Lord and king of our lives so if you're home gather your stuff together and if you're here go ahead and open this thing and this is bread even though it's looks like styrofoam. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body given for you. He said, eat this in remembrance of me. And likewise, he took the cup and he blessed it. He said, this is my blood, symbol of the new covenant, It's given for the forgiveness of sins of many. He said, when you do this, drink this in remembrance of me. And Lord, we drink this to remember what you've done and to proclaim the victory of your death and resurrection until you come. In Jesus' name. I'm going to invite you to take a moment, as Asaf was saying, that when you encounter through his communion, through his presence, the Lord Jesus, that you would stop. And allow him to speak. And don't use this time to mentally wiggle out There might be something Asaf said this morning that spoke straight to your heart in a way that he said is uncomfortable. And you can use a time like this now to try to wiggle out of that and be like, okay, we're almost done, so I don't have to think about that anymore. Go back to that moment and let the Lord speak to you because he's saying something and he's calling us into deeper places. He wants us to live lives worth living that are worthy of the life and death of Jesus. And he's calling us to deeper places, a church, and so... Father, I pray that you would move in this place. You speak to our hearts and change our lives. And if you need to come spend some time at this altar here and pray, feel free. But also feel free to spend time um, in your seats or at your house. And I just pray that the Lord would speak to you during this
0: time.